Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. So, uh, this morning, a guy from um, Sweden, Zuckerman. I don't usually, uh, unless I ask for questions, I don't usually answer questions. I'm sure you get a lot of questions on Instagram. We try. But uh, this morning, a guy from Sweden said, I have a question. Would you answer my question? I said, sure. Why not? (laughs) He's in Sweden. I felt bad for him. I thought we'd start the show off. Spike's Car Radio answering a question for the guy in Sweden. Um, You want to know his name, Zuckerman? His name is Benjamin Datmo. Doesn't sound Swedish to me. He says, um, and I'm sure it's not even the greatest question. He just needs some help. Porsche 964, saving up to what would be my first Porsche and the one I would hope to own for many years to come. I live in Sweden where it gets snowy and icy four or five months per year. Well, well, yeah, right? We know that about yes. Sweden. But I would probably mainly use it on the weekends the rest of the year. My question, Spike and Zuckerman, C2 versus C4. Oh, I've heard a perfectly so balanced C4 can be pretty darn great. But is the C2 the only pure option for what I should aim for? Thank you, Spike. Thank you. P.S. I love your podcast. It makes the moments between a couple of screaming children at home and perhaps not as loud, but no less challenging clients at work. Some of the happiest. Keep it up and let Z know he's a dick. Oh, no. He says he's a badass. Look at that. You have a fan in Sweden. I will send him Swedish fish. (laughs) He can have a a year's supply of Swedish fish on So it's a good question, though, because it's a snowy – they have weather, obviously, and that's what the C4 is all about. And he sounds like he's on the verge of knowing he's a purist in C2. Shall I answer? You can give your opinion. I'll give mine. Go ahead. I will give an answer. So the C4, first of all, you don't want to drive a 964 in the snow. I don't think that's the right application for that car, whether it's a C2 or a C4. I I wouldn't want to rot the car in snow. But also understand that's the first version of the four-wheel drive Porsche, and it is not really perfected, and it is diabolically expensive to fix should it go um, should it go bad. And I think it does detract from what you want to have in the car driving wise. So for all those reasons, forget the C4, get the C2. All right, I think you, that's a, I think that's a solid opinion. It's an answer. It's an answer. Yes. It's a comprehensive answer that, that, that should you, put Have to, you had one of these C4s? Yes, I have, and, in fact. And, and, and tell me what goes wrong with it. Well, okay. I've not heard this before. Yes, they break, and I don't, can't the tell The all-wheel you. drive system. Yes, and the front differential, uh, all of that gearing is extremely expensive. They did not make a lot of them, and they're very expensive to fix. And it didn't it, work right. So you're yeah. saying it's, mo- it's like the comparison would be the Tiptronic transmission versus the PDK. Yes. Yes, you want a C4S, get yourself a 9. It sounds like, yeah, he's saying that anyways. A 997, he knows. He knows he wants a C2. You want a C2, Gitmo. What's his name, Gitmo? Gitmo, I'm going to tell you something. Hold on, let me just finish so we don't talk over each other. You gave your opinion, now allow me to give mine. Go ahead. I forgot the guy's name. Is it Ben Ditmo? Gitmo. I want to say Gitmo. Benjamin Gitmo. Benjamin, C2. Say, say, you can feel it in your soul that you want to see, too. You want a purist car. You want the, the power to go to the back two wheels. And you're saying, you're admitting, only on the weekends, you're admitting that you just want a purist car. The C2 is the car for you, all right? Swedish guy who interrupts me on a Monday, 
God bless you. Say hello to your friends in Sweden. All right, let's get to the real business of the show. The GT3 Touring. Uh, Maximini's on the show, by the way. Maximini is a uh, comedian that Jerry told us to book. Remember that? Yes. He said, this is the guy. This is the guy to watch. We've so, already had kind of one of him on the show. Who's that? Maz Gibrani. Maz Gibrani. Now, but now we've got Maximini. Ma- yeah, we've got both. But they're Godzilla all just versus Rodan. Yeah. Oh, well, yes. Okay, I hear what you're saying. But I don't understand why you're saying that. I don't know. <laughs> I think I understand why I say anything. Tell your wife, by the way. Well, that one I, of them. One of them. I don't even understand what that means. No, look, I've got to get through stuff, Zuckerman. Forget all of that. these distractions. Okay. A few uh, weeks ago, I posted about the GT3 touring at LAX that one of the listeners yes. posted, right? It was so that was fantastic. Long-term parking. It was a GT3 touring covered in dust, graffitied penises, and other things <laughs> were drawn on it. Please watch me. What is the story there, okay? I posted it. I got a lot of response to it. A lot of people going, what the hell's going on? It had no plates. All it had was some sort of documentation that said that this car can come from New York to Los Angeles from a dealer in New York. It had been sitting there for almost a year, right? Guy it- was on the fucking lamb. And all sorts of theories came my way about exactly that or thrown out of the country or this and that. Then... About uh, three days ago, somebody from a dealership, South Bay, I think it is, Porsche, Mm -hmm. texted me and goes, I'm in the shop. I work at the shop. Here's the car. And it turns out there was a businessman. This this guy just went on a long business trip for close to a year. He wouldn't tell me who this is. It doesn't matter quite really who it is. But he gave the GT3 touring to the storage place and said, will you take care of this? But they left it at the airport? Well, it is an airport lot. They just he said I'm traveling for close to a year and I need you to hold on to this car for me. It's kinda like your GT two RS at the montage. Yes. It was the same situation. The lot said yes, we'll take care of it, parked it outside and left it there. To rot. To rot. It's unbelievable. Here, take care of this. Oh, no problem. We'll take great care of it and leave it outside. And there it was. Broiling and rotting. Do you know what it must smell like in that car? Decaying animals. And the outside, obviously, when people are scratching graffiti. Why is it always penises? Well, that's what's funny. You know, I know that's something you do. I know it's I do hotels. You know there was a guy arrested for doing it, right? Penis man in Arizona. Yes. He was graffitiing <laughs> on public property and private property. Penises along with penis well, isn't man. Isn't a hotel private property? <laughs> okay. I personally, he's like a folk hero to me. He's up there with a the guy who got up on top of the drink cart all those years ago and took a crap no, that's in horrible. first class. Remember him? He's not a hero. To me, he is. <laughs> Pick really? your own heroes. With everything that's going on in airplanes okay. right now, Have you, you, you admire that? I admire somebody who's so fucking frustrated. He says, you want to see my frustration? I will share with you exactly how I feel. I will somehow, as drunk as I am, climb atop a drink cart and take a shit on top of the drink cart, which is extremely difficult to do. Imagine. Yes, I know the level of difficulty. And then he flung it that. all However, over. He, and then there was Haitian royalty on the plane. And they had a land. <laughs> Somewhere. And I say, you know, in all ways, this What do you is... mean? That's a weird detail that only you would remember. There was Haitian royalty yeah, yeah, yeah. on that plane? Or the diplomats, so they couldn't, like, just land anywhere. Actually, they couldn't land anywhere because they had the diplomats, so they had to go all the way to New York and in the stench of this guy. Uh, he, I, you know, you it was, know there was, it was 25 years ago. I understand. 
But it was Ambien. It was alcohol. He doesn't remember anything about what. It, and by the way, this is happening now every day on planes. But I would like to. I think we should do a where are they now with people like this. That these, would be fantastic. These big old stories from 25 years ago. We catch up with them and see how they're doing. This is a great idea. Yeah. And then we, we imagine the reenactments. <laughs> I'm very happy. It's like McMillions. This. Now, is your, is your wife going to be mad that we're talking about this? I like You're that. not going to be able to get over that comment, are you? But well, it's not know the only one who says this about you, Zuckerman. I, I, I will yes, tell you, there's a lot of feedback of there's dads who are like, I like to listen to this. But I'm crass. I understand. It's the same way with Howard Stern, with my relationship with Howard Stern. I like to listen to that show, and I put it on occasionally with my kids. And then what I do and what you can do at home is when there's a part that you don't want your kids to listen to, you turn it down, and then you turn it back up. That's all. Because well, we're not going to change. The audience should comment. Would they like to have a sanitized Zuckerman, uh, uh, you know, a, a G-rated Zuckerman? You're going to get a sampling of 10 guys saying, yes, keep Zuckerman. And it's a very small it's a part loaded. of the audience. It's a loaded. <laughs> I understand. It's a loaded. Quite, you can't yeah. do any real survey. We can only just be ourselves. Can't we? Like, we can only be ourselves and enjoy our bickering and enjoy everything can we Let me a, finish the GT3 Turing, okay? <laughs> the, the, the GT3 Turing. Story ends with the car goes to South Bay so they can refresh it. Oof. And that's where it ends. And now it's back in the hands of the owner. I think the lot has been shamed. The owner has, feels better that his car is okay. And here we are. I want that owner to know that if there is something to the story about the mistreatment of the car, that you paid for long-term storage, True. that would be a kind of case. Not that I'm really trying to solicit, but I'd love to give you some legal advice on this because I just think it's horrendous that this is what happens. In fact, a friend of mine gave his car to the valet yesterday. I don't really want to say who or what car, but he at a very prestigious establishment. It wasn't the 992. Was no, it? it wasn't my car. It's not our car. It's nothing like that. But they, they, he gave it to them. They left it out on the street, and a truck came by and oh. smashed it. Smashed it. Oh, was this a Porsche? No, but it was it was, it was a great a, car. It was a nice car. It was a really like an enthusiast car. An old car? It was it was an enthusiast car that people really knew this car and loved this car. <gasps> and he was there in the restaurant and somebody came. They didn't even tell him first. They said they asked for his dining companion to come outside. Well wait. Right. Can you at least tell us if this was a vintage car? It was vintagey. It's it's a highly sought after one year so only production or 80s car. Or... No, it's it's later than that. It's in the two thousands, but, but it's it was one... very very rare. It's a very rare car. Okay, well, I don't know who this is, but why did they valet it? Why did you valet a very rare car? I valet my rare cars. I know. It's, it was why. Okay, because this is the this is the risk. This is why I don't valet. By the way, anything in this that... neighborhood, there's nowhere else to park. <clears throat> there's I understand nowhere that. Else to park. I'm just saying. But they have there are a lot of us listening right now going, I never valet okay, super, and that's, hold on, super rare cars. And it's that happens yes. because of this story. And that's, not a, and that's a, an opinion that you should have and maybe an action you should take. He gave it to them. They were supposed to put it into their secure lot. But because of the Oscars and all the hoo-ha, they didn't have room. So instead of saying, we don't have room, they did like – these other people at the long-term lot at LAX, they put it out on the street, Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. And then Smash Show. I mean, it's a horrible story, but that guy has, think some, ser- owner- it has some ownership over the <laughs> thing that happened. He valeted it. Period. End of stop, dude. Come on. Wake up. I disagree with you. That's the whole point. You valet it. So you're not leaving When I the hand the keys to a valet, I know if something gets smashed, this is 
pretty much my fault. Too. Oh, I don't agree. And, and the court it's of law so many times agree. To us. Well, I know that. I know they're culpable, and you can help them get his money back. But he can't exactly say this isn't entirely not. Their my whole fault. fucking job is to take care of your car, just like but the guys Zuckerman, at the airport. I mean, that's, uh, hey, they failed on. in their core the responsibility. Reality, the reality is, these guys ruin our cars all the time. Yeah, you're right. Because nobody the puts their hand up in the second grade and says, <laughs> says "I, I want to be a valet, valet Parker." Right. And no, you got lots. There are lots of good guys. There are guys yeah. that we trust. There are guys we know at Chaconis who take excellent, excellent care. care of the car. But if you don't know the people you're handing the car over to, this 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 type of stuff happens. Do you think valet guys fart in the car? No. I saw a guy though, Zuckerman. I'll tell you a guy in the in our nine nine two. I didn't. I don't want to tell you this story. I valeted the nine nine two at what is that place that we have uh, sushi at? Not sushi Roku. The other one, Sugarfish in Brentwood. Okay, right. We take the nine nine two to get an early dinner there. I hand the keys to the valet. I go inside. <clears throat> I, I forget something in the car, but I come out in time to see the valet back up at about seventy miles an hour <laughs> off San Vicente, a whole block towards the Whole Foods. I didn't know it was our nine nine two, and I said to James, my son, I go, "What the hell is that valet doing?" And then I realized it was our car. That he was backing, he saw the light hadn't changed behind him, and he backed the thing up a hurry quickly past 10 parked cars that could have pulled out at about 70 miles an hour backwards, right? And then I went in the dinner, and James is looking at me, my kid, he goes, he goes, was that guy supposed to do that? And I was like, no, and I'm trying not to go back out there and talk to the guy. Trying not to go out and go, what the fuck are you doing, and dude? And what the fuck is wrong with you? But I, I couldn't let it ruin my dinner. I was so excited to have dinner with my family. And this thing, I needed to say some things to the guy. But I calmed down before I went out and said it to him. Mm. And he told me, he goes, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't do anything really? wrong. I just backed up into the lot. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was and one of the most unsafe things did you, I've ever yeah, seen. Did you say, is that how they taught you to do it? <laughs> Didn't they teach you to go make a U-turn and go back? You know what I was doing consciously? I was trying not to be you in that right. moment. <laughs> now, I use your words in a lot of situations. But with that guy, I had to take into consideration his what he does for a living and you know, probably gets crap from a lot of people like us in, in Brentwood. And, but I did say you can't do that anymore. It's a very unsafe thing to do, not just for my car, but for you and for people, people pulling out. People. It's just bad. Guys in the bike lane. <laughs> and I talked to his boss about it. And, we, you know, on the way out, there were no hard feelings. So I handled it okay. Oh, my kids didn't believe me. You're making me, but... progress. 55 years old and you're making progress. <laughs> 55. 55. <laughs> you just keep rubbing that 55. 55 and you're getting, <laughs> making progress. You'll anyway, be really nice when you're dead. Shut up. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back in a minute. Maximini, the comedian, is here on Spike's Car Radio. You know, we all have a to-do list. There's lots of stuff on it. you got to get your dry cleaning. you got to get your milk. Here's an idea. Put save hundreds of dollars on car insurance on your to-do list. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com. In 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket. It may be the most rewarding thing you do today. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. Hey, Max. 
Very nice to meet you. I'm Spike. Paul Zuckerman. Paul Zuckerman. Z, you can sit right over there. We don't need headphones. You were saying he's the Persian Sebastian Maniscalco, Zuckerman? Why? Well, yeah. What, what Just look at the kind that? of the look. He's a thin whip of a guy. Handsome. <laughs> he's got a little bit of an edge with his black shit on. He's got his glasses on. And he's giving, you know, comedians laugh. Ha <laughs> ha. I thought it's the accent. He's talking about the accent. I guess. Sebastian has got the accent. And the, but he's uh, on, right on this like right here. His like right inside. The mic. Max, it's very nice yeah. to meet you. You're Thank here. You um, uh, we were having coffee with Jerry Seinfeld recently, and he said you got to get Max Meany on the show. Yeah, Jerry's a big fan of mine. He I think is. he's mediocre, but uh, <laughs> uh, well that's <said>. very nice. <laughs> <laughs> where, where have you run into Jerry? I actually seen him in New York a couple of times, L.A. when he was trying some new material. But um, he's he's uh, comes from a different uh, era. He's uh, you know he doesn't come hang out at the comedy clubs like a lot of the other comics so I don't really know him like that yeah not anymore yeah but well well, then why is he coming to us going Max I mean he's the guy no he did not he, he did. did no you're kidding no he did I thought I'm not you were joking. joking I'm not joking so at let, all. let me let me correct my joke Jerry Seinfeld is a freaking king <laughs> yeah and for him not to tell you guys bring me right yes we were having coffee with Jerry two weeks ago on the porch and he was talking about this next generation of comedians. And he goes, you know who you have to have on? He's, I'm not joking. He said you. You know why? Because That's what probably asking. he asked Netflix, why don't we have Maximini for coffee in cars? And they said, ah, no, no way we're going to bring him on Netflix. They're like, okay, let me, let me tell him <laughs> what podcast. Podcast one, take Maximini. <laughs> no, no. That's, that's not pretty it. cool, man. He said that he saw your act. He said that you have a giant following, that you're booking theaters all over the place. And That's he so just sweet. thought your stand-up was uh, up there with the best. That is so sweet, man. He must have seen me somewhere, or I don't know how it happened, but that's that's shocking to me. And I, uh, <laughs> it's your I lucky th- day, I Max. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're messing with me, fuck you from the bottom of my heart. I am not. And why if you're I? not, and if you're not, that is freaking cool. I'm man. not. Why would I? I'm going to share the hell out of this podcast. Yes, <laughs> you, you absolutely should. You absolutely uh, should. But I, I'm not lying. That's I'm, really, I'm not lying. really really cool. I know that you were. Um, Doing Elizabeth, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but Max was pitched to us six months ago, and we had you booked, and then you had to cancel, or something went on because of his schedule, right? Yeah, I'm yeah, on scheduling. the road a lot. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's yeah. It was just like you came in one, and I remember. And when you, when Jerry brought it up, I said, "Yeah, I think he was supposed to be on." Mm-hmm. And then we yep. had booking reach out again, and now here oh, you are. Sweet. So that's congratulations, really, really cool. You guys are terrific. All right. Well, that's it. No, get out of here. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so for those who who don't know Max Amini, you know, um, you know Maz Jabrani? Talk, Ger- talk to Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Talk to Jerry Seinfeld. Maz Jabrani. <clears throat> oh, gosh. We've been friends for about 16 years now. No, really? So yeah, back in yeah. college or pre-college? Back, uh, I, had, I was in college, and Maz had been doing stand-up about four or five years ahead of me. I had just gotten into stand-up comedy. He was uh, he's such a terrific soul. He, he's such a good guy. So some uh, another comedian, uh, Brett Ernst, uh, Italian comic, great comedian. Uh, we were all young comics in the game at the time. And he goes, hey, man, there's another Persian guy you got to meet. And takes me to this back room. And they were doing a little sketch comedy type of thing. And Maz and I met and been friends since. Played the same circuit, uh, both Persian. So, so everybody, you know. 
compares us and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, you see, you're very different. <laughs> you're very different. Zuckerman yeah, did right yeah, in the beginning yeah, of the yeah, show. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, <laughs> if, if, any, if comics are not different, they're not real comics. Right. You know, if, if you're the same as someone else, then it doesn't make any sense. You're not a, you, you haven't figured out your voice. But Moz is a, a terrific guy. That's, He's that's, great, That's right? what I like about him. Forget about comedy. Forget about the business. Just a terrific guy. He is. Um, even yeah. if you're not in the business, you know he's he's a great guy, very knowledgeable, sweetheart, and and, and that's what made our like we always prioritize our friendship over the business. Mm-hmm. He yeah. was doing the Axis of Evil comedy tour at that time. Yes, which, that's yes. when I first met him because I thought that was so clever and so funny. And we, I think we sold a pilot to CBS at some point, the wrong network to to do that show, but um. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of his, and um, and now yours. Now you grew up in Tucson, Arizona. I was born there. You grew up, bo- grew up in Washington D.C. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was born in Tucson. My parents were going to University of Arizona. I was born there, and then we moved to D.C. My dad finished his Ph.D. at, at GW. Ah, and what does dad do now? Uh, my dad passed. Oh, uh, he did. He was. He. he but like, what was any, he studying? Any good Persian, he finished his school and got into real estate. <laughs> <laughs> the true American success story. Exactly. A true Persian American success story. Yes. <laughs> and when? Yeah. And so, when did this stand-up comedy thing start for you, Washington D.C.? Right, right not, out of high school. Right, right out of high school, Dad said, "Major in something you truly love." And I and I said, "Okay." Took some classes, fell in love with acting. I said, "Dad, I want to become an actor." He said, "You crazy? You sure?" I said, yes. He said, are you doing it for the girls? I said, no, Dad. It's the only class I don't think about the girls. He said, wow. So Dad was very supportive. He said, if you love it, you know, as long as you finish college, uh, you have my support. So I, I you know, went into acting. And then on the side of acting, I started taking some uh, stand-up comedy workshops mm-hmm. and then got into stand-up comedy, fell in love with it. I still do my acting. I just finished directing a movie. I'm heavily involved in pr- like production side of things since I went to UCLA film school, blah, blah, blah. Wow. But my, my stand-up kind of took over and overshadowed. Uh, right, you know, right, act- right. And, and, and it's a blessing either way. But, but I, um, do, I don't know if the listeners know, but to get into UCLA film school, that is a really hard yeah. position to enter into. That yeah. means you really had talent and possibility. And uh, <clears throat> you know, what are they? Thousands of, of applicants, and they take in some hundred. Yeah, even harder for a kid who hardly ever studied. Right. Uh, you know, I, I was not a good student in high school. And then, uh, what made me really want to go into the best school was because my dad's blessing when he said. You know, I love for you. You know, it's a big deal for a Persian parent. To yes, say, to approve of that. Yeah, I okay. Go. Don't be a doctor. Go, don't be a lawyer. I, follow your heart. Because you know? they don't usually do that. Not at no. all. <laughs> doctor well, lawyer. Doctor lawyer. Do. But that's any parent. That's not necessarily a Persian uh, parent. But mm. but ten times harder for an Asian parent, for a Persian parent, for right. a, you know ethnic families who, especially you immigrants who who come to this country, you know, fighting for their lives to be here and finally get here and and work so hard to raise a family and for their kid to you know to want to, to for them to feel like especially with that generation that mentality oh this kid's gonna go mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh become a druggie and and you know waste, waste his waste life his life absolutely yeah. it's a big deal so they always encourage you to become an engineer a doctor a lawyer something something of some profession kind. yeah exactly so it was a big deal and and that encouragement and that kind of uh love made me go you know what I'm going to surprise him. I'm going to go to the best school possible. How did you pull mm-hmm. it off? I, I studied my ass off. I had to finish community college first because my grades were so bad. So I went to two years of community college, 
and really killed myself to bring up my grades. And then I started applying. First year didn't get accepted. Second year I applied again. Sure, sure. Second year uh, I applied again. And uh, second year, uh, you know, once they look at your grades and they also interview you, and you have to audition as well. So I, I got lucky and I, you know, I had a good interview, a good, good audition. And What's the audition? You, you play a monologue. You play a comedy and you play a drama, mm-hmm. two monologues. And Do you based remember on your what you did? Uh, of course he does, but he doesn't <laughs> oh, want so us to. No, he doesn't no, want to no, do no, it. I, don't I can't think he remember, does. to be honest. It was some Shakespeare, some <clears throat> weird monologue. Shakespeare you yeah, picked. Yeah, Alas, for, poor Yorick. For, for my drama. It was a deep, you know, I, for something like UCLA, you have to impress. Right. You have to be, you think outside the box. And, and I, so I picked a drama monologue that was from Shakespeare, and it was a very heavy-duty yeah. monologue. Worked on it for a long time. That was my decision the second year I was going in for the audition. So then a comedy I did, and then they asked me to do some improv. I think, I don't know for sure, but I think the professor was really, really excited from my improv. Uh, you know, that's, I think that's what made, what made him... Um, Give me a good score on my audition. Mm-hmm. What a great story! Yeah. Yeah. Wow, look Thank at that. You. And then, have you been out here ever since, or do you? I've not been live out, out here? here ever since. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Look at you. Thank you. Now you're doing it. <laughs> He's done, I'm impressed. This guy is great. <laughs> you like all of these stories, I, of course. Because look at College. what he did. It's you know, uh, yeah. Zero to hero, right? No, I really think this story, the best part of it is for parents to allow kids to follow right. their dreams. Really. You right. Know, uh, every day, no matter what background you're from, the parents really like make their kids' lives so difficult by thinking they own these people and, and they, they control their destiny, mm-hmm. which is not true. You, know, you can't control anybody's destiny. And I no, think, but uh, when, when yeah. kids are little, they're babies, you're controlling everything. True. And then you have to pull back. But, it's, but yeah, the moms. The moms never do. <laughs> they never do. But, you, but, <laughs> you know, but to, to get the at the right time to have your dad say you got to follow your heart. Yeah, Imagine yeah. if he didn't. Yeah. Where 100%. would you be? Yeah. yeah. I would also be in real estate right now. <laughs> miserable. <What's>, what's, <laughs> miserable. <laughs> really? Well, well right. maybe. Uh, How did your dad right. do in real estate? Did he do okay? He did okay. He, he did. wasn't the best businessman either. That, I, that's every, every Persian guy I've ever met says the same thing. What? There's a little self-deprecation. This is kind of a... You don't want to jinx it and say he did well. You know, you don't want to bring down the economy. So you say he did okay. Zuckerberg, he could have done better. You've been living in Beverly Hills too long. I, and I'm Jewish, so I know like the whole story, right? It's, I'm imbued with it. So Zuckerman lives. Uh, what you don't know about him is he he has his own personal injury law firm, right? <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I know. He's known as the uh, he's got the Jewish crew. The Zuckerman crew is the Jewish crew, and he. He makes these sweeping generalizations about all the different ethnic law firms around exactly. and, and the different types. And he's always talking about the Persian firms and the way they do business. <laughs> and, I, he, and, and why don't you ask him some questions? Because maybe he can shed some light on this well, culture okay. and how they do business. We have to ask first, though, but is he, which tribe are you from? Are you, are you, are you Jewish? Are you Baha'i, Zoroastrian? Are you Muslim? Which, which you know, and I don't want to put you on the spot. You can no. say. No, no, no. no. I, I cover all of them. Yeah, you cover, I cover all, of them. all of them. Grew up in L.A. Obviously, grew up in the Jewish community. Uh, I know the Muslim background fantastically. Baha'is. I have a lot of great Baha'i friends. Uh, went to the temple many times to do open mics and spent a lot of right. time. Uh, so I, I think the, the the most beautiful thing about Persian culture is 
the religion comes secondary. Right. All Persians first identify to one another as the race, as their Iranians. Right. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, they go, oh, this is my religious background and whatnot. But they really, for many years, lived in peace and right. harmony uh, in Iran without ever being affected by what they believe True. in. Uh, now, because of politics and the, the, yeah. the regime and blah, 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 and all this new new scenarios this past 40 years, it's been... Very complicated. They used to, I believe, if you were from a certain part of Persia, that was a bigger deal than what your religion was. I think, was it Hamadan people are supposed to be like oh very my God, arrogant? He's a and, and, okay. And no one okay. Knows. He yeah. knows more than me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know Tarantulas. It tells you a little bit about the chip on my shoulder. Here's the thing like, I come from Long Island, Ashkenazi Jew. The, I meet the Persian Jews, the Sephards. They've got the greatest fucking manners. They they are very good at manners. They've got great polish. And I'm crass and I'm coarse, yes. right? So immediately I'm feeling like, you know, why do these guys have such good manners? But then when it comes to negotiating, man, they'll cut your fucking throat over a, a fucking nickel. And me, I, a deal's a deal for me. I don't need to go to lunch. I don't need to break bread. I don't need to, like, have tea with you or bro out or do all of this shit. If I say I'm going to do something for you, I'm going to shake your hand, that's it, and, and let me on my way. But the constant renegotiation and the and the hocking, I, yes. the chiseling, it drives me fucking nuts. Give us, how, a, how give us we, an example. No, well, okay. the, the Constant renegotiation, I hear him say a lot. Yeah. And well, okay. we have a deal, and they come back the next day and go, look, what well, if we do this? Okay, well, if I'm doing a deal with attorneys, they constantly want to say, I want to leave here feeling good. And then I say, but that means I got to feel bad. Why do, can't we both be okay? Why the fuck you got to feel good at my expense? And, and like, how dare you really come in and say, I need to feel good leaving here, so you need to feel bad. Like, would you really come in here and say, use the words, I need you to feel bad so I'm happy leaving? No. Like, you know, so, do you have anything? Yeah, no response. You know, why do you need, more than, like why do you need more than half the sandwich? But that could be, right? true. That could be true of anything. Right, but it's this particular, and then I get the clients. They want to always negotiate the fee, and I have to say, like, lady, if you're going to negotiate the fucking fee, you can't have the diamonds on, you can't have the Rolex, you can't have the Cartier. You got to lock, take that shit off, put it in your purse, lock it in the trunk, smear up your makeup, and look the part of someone begging oh, for a discount. Don't yes. come from like this position where you're telling me you have two hundred million in real estate and you need a ten percent discount. You know, just you want some save some money, go to fucking supercuts. Get your hair cut there. Well you know what? You said it so perfectly, buddy. We <laughs> should we should take this sound bites. And put a sponsor by Zuckerberg yeah. on every Persian radio station. <laughs> <laughs> Take off your. your He's diamonds. got these opinions yeah. about uh, everybody. These and it it serves him in his. Uh, you know, I'm writing a show about it, which is it makes me laugh. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, I there was. But when I'm an equal opportunity, I will poke fun like at everybody. Story, but this story about the uh, the Korean woman who ran over the guy on the motorcycle. When you remember that, tell me again. You were taking her deposition, and you were sitting across from the table, and she had her lawyer there, and you said uh, she was on the ten. 
You yes, said, yes. Uh, so before you went into the lane, did you signal? She goes, I don't remember. Yeah. She goes, did you, you, see, you said, did you looked in your mirrors, your side, did you see the guy behind you? She goes, I don't recall. He goes, well, what car were you driving? She goes, I don't recall. Yeah. And you realize she's just not going to answer any questions. Right. So I turned it around. So you called me. You, you said, so then this is what I did, Spike. Well, you know, the Koreans, they don't, they don't like to think that, that it, they don't want anybody to know that they go to a psychiatrist or something's wrong with their brain. <laughs> Right? Yeah. This is it's there. a stigma. It's not the- Jewish. You want to have a Jew wants to have seven shrinks. A Korean doesn't want to ever have anything. <laughs> this is so- what he says to me on the phone. But I go, that is, I, I don't even know if it's racist. I don't know what it is, but it can't be true. It's a sweeping generalization. He goes, yeah, well, listen to this. <laughs> so I turned off of her to her lawyer and I said to him, I go, Hey, what's wrong with your client? And he goes, excuse me? And he goes, does she got something wrong with her brain? Does she got rocks in her head? And he goes, excuse me? Because she's, she doesn't uh, remember what car she drove. She doesn't remember anything. So I'm guessing she has some sort of traumatic brain in, injury. Or psychological, or psychological right? deficits. And the woman goes crazy. Goes crazy. Is insulted. She goes, ask me again. She goes, what car was I driving? And then she, of course. She answers every question. Did I look at the yes. question? Oh yes, my I did. God. I didn't care. I just signaled. I just went. She goes, there. I know what I'm talking about. And she hung herself right in the deposition. <laughs> So there was something to this, right? You know, um, at the same truly, time, it's completely insane. I don't know. I I can make fun of myself and my upbringing and my and my culture. I don't have a problem. We're all remember. I always say the eleventh commandment: don't take yourself too seriously. That's right. the only one I need. I don't need the first ten. I'm not going to covet your wife or kill you. I'm going to. But, but as a you lawyer, you're going someone. above and beyond. <clears throat> you're going above and beyond the case. Now you're going into cultures and you study, like you know, you start to see patterns. What what you know what they believe it's, in. And they but Max, you know what, what makes fa- things funny, right? You you start when you learn what makes things, what make people tick. How are you going to get a laugh because you're studying them? Not that different. Yeah, absolutely, you got yeah. you got to find uh, you got to find the, the thing deep, exactly deep in there what people can relate to and what you know the, the, what's real. But I got to say back to this quick thing about the the Persians and their uh, and their you know trying to get a deal and discounts and blah 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 and negotiations <laughs> and you know killing you for a ten percent off. First of all, I'm going to say <clears throat> say this: the new generation is not like that. Mm-hmm. The new generation is way cooler. They got you know they're Americanized. They grew up here. They still mm-hmm. they're still going to get a great deal and make you feel terrible, but <laughs> they, they, they they will not do it in a cheesy way. Right. But, but right. I, I think the older generation they came from that background. Right. They ha- in the bazaar they had to like yeah. you know the at all times someone like if they left and they didn't try hard enough they would feel like terrible later and they go oh yeah, somebody can't be a doormat at the <laughs> Right? That's right. <laughs> by the way, my wife is in Persian and she does this all the time. Your wife is Persian. She's no. not. Oh, but oh, she oh. does this. She haggles all the time yeah. for everything. It's just something people do. <laughs> we're listening. Uh, we're chatting with Maximini. Max, do you, drive, you, you look like a guy who might enjoy cars too. Are you yeah, a car I guy? I love cars, yes. You do? Yes. What do you drive? I have a. I drive a Maserati. Come on. Uh, Which yeah, one? It's Ghibli. Oh, nice. there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I own a nineteen seventy nineteen sixty four T Bird. Fuck yeah! Wow. Uh, nineteen eighty Corvette. Oh yes. And I have a big ass Sprinter van for production. Oh, okay, that's cool. we love the show. Yeah. <laughs> So the so it's got the birds got the square taillights in '64, mm-hmm. right? They mm-hmm. went from round to square, but you got that great, great interior car. design. You've oh, got the steering wheel that shifts over interior. to the left. Yes. You've got that Ford just fucking killed that whole 
dashboard with the round gauges sitting out and then that sweep of the metal into the center console. Wow. It's gorgeous. It yeah. really is. What and color? It's so clean. It's, it's burgundy inside, nice. pearl outside. It's it's. Uh, I bought the car for my ex girlfriend's mom. The car has <laughs> fifty four thousand right miles That's, yeah. original. That's it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Gorgeous, wow. gorgeous. It's really beautiful and it's clean and it runs mm-hmm. nice. And, uh, my Corvette has been a project, a three year project. Uh, Labor <laughs> love driving me crazy. Uh, but you know when you're busy. What's the holdup? What's the problem with it? Uh, the mechanic. The mechanic. Uh, well, why are you still with them? Three yeah, years is long yeah, enough. Because yeah, you, because they've got you. You're sucked <laughs> yes. in. You've already given them st- 95% of the money. Once your car's car in we... there to get it out. Hostage. It's, it's, exactly. I had a car. You know, it was my Series 2A at, that, uh, at a, at a uh, mechanic down on La Cienega. And he was doing this. And I had yeah. to extricate the car from him. But I realized seven months in, this was going to go nowhere. You know, it's an interesting situation you're in, but you yeah. got to pull that car at this point. You got to find someone new. That's that's yeah. this guy. Every time you called, oh my guys are going to get to it next week. Oh well, I go down there. They're watching, you know, soccer games. They're not working on it. They're telling stories. Half the work was done, and they, they string you along. A bad shop will string you along, and it's yeah. not until yeah. you go pop. And I sent then I sent the series out to Venice to that uh, mm-hmm. that old guy there. Um, Smokey just retired. Joe. Smokey Joe. He did retire? Yeah, he's done. He's divorcing his wife, made me pay him in cash all the time so the wife doesn't find out. And he was like 100 God. years old and smoked, but and he smoked shot, unfiltered buddy. cigarettes. Like, <laughs> where do you think you're going, I used dude? to repair Letterman stuff back in the day. Genius guy. But he got that Series 2 fixed in five days as opposed wow. to the five months of the shop where it had been sitting because those the guys, right they're falling apart, right? What color is the, what color is the vet? It's a matte black. Nice. Yeah. It's, I it's dr- gorgeous. I drove a 79 vet cross-country in 1982. It was fantastic. Really? That long. Yeah, a girl at USC needed back on Long Island, Italian girl. And uh, so I drove that thing with that long front-end board, and I feel good in that oh. car. There are a few cars I've always been obsessed about. Right. Corvette's one of them. So growing up, I was in the car business for a long time. Well, what does I that went mean? To car, I'm what? buying and selling cars, used cars. So you were a car salesman. Yeah. That's yeah. your so, guy right there. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Polyurethane right. bumpers. Yeah. We love it. Yeah. Mine is a, a matte black, so you know the, the right. uh, yeah, it's gorgeous. But you matted it out. They yes, didn't make yes, a matte yes. black, right? Uh, you know, so while you know when I was younger, I couldn't afford a lot of these things, <laughs> and, and uh, so when I got older, a couple of things that it was always part of my you know we, uh, we've got the same thing like, you know first what? nickel yeah, yeah and i still got a good deal i did i, I bargained for that extra 10 percent. so wait when you sold deal. cars how did that what did that look like well i uh i had to survive so while i was going to college i would uh friday saturdays i you know washington dc washington post uh they would post all the new car you know uh, used cars ads, that people would right sell. so i would go through the ads first thing in the morning i would find the best deals i would call Show up first person, buy the car cash, bring it home, clean it, work on it, make it look good, and put it back in the paper, sell it $1,000 higher. Really? Yeah. I did that for years. And what cars did you sell primarily? Mainly (laughs) Toyotas and Hondas. Because uh, that's what people will that's buy used buy. And, and, and it will flip fast. If you buy a Volkswagen, for example, you would you'd probably get stuck to, with the car for like right, two months right. all of a sudden. But Toyota Camry, Corollas, Hondas, they, they, you know, they sold mm-hmm. so easy, so fast. Uh, so I learned how to you know, work on cars, fix them up. Yeah, you know, you know and, and I made a living doing that. Did you ever get any surprises? Any bad cars where you went, "Oh man, now I'm screwed on yeah, this." Yeah, you one. always, you always, yeah, but but you I, can you part know, them out, right? Yeah, but I because I 
really didn't have the margin to make any mistakes, right. I would really, really check out the card. So it happened rarely. <clears throat> and if it did, it wasn't anything major. It was something I had four or $500, and my profit mm-hmm. would be less. Got it. But did I, you ever find good shit in the car? Uh, dope. <laughs> <laughs> dope. <laughs> dope and money. Uh, no, the, the, I have a car dealer. The, 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 the drug dealers I bought cars from, they were very, very stingy. Yeah. <laughs> they cleaned it up really nicely. <laughs> <Answers>. <laughs> Mints. Uh, <laughs> But we all had those like cars that you buy like an amazing deal. Like right. you know, I, I had a couple of grades. Like I remember there was this, um, co- there, there was a, a Chevy, and I wasn't into American cars. But somebody called me and said, "Look, there's this Chevy downtown DC, and uh, this this old couple own this car. It's in the back of their um, lot, and they don't even want to post it. They're so old. Can you go take a look at it? I go look at this car. It was on like all these leaves are on it." I check out the car. I, I jump-started. The car was in terrific shape. It was such a beautiful car. It was just very dirty, and and that was it. So I, I made an offer to the guy. He goes, yeah, I just want somebody to take it. Are you kidding me? Somebody <laughs> to take it? I said, I will take it right now. <laughs> and, and they're like, okay, get it out of here. And that and, was it. And that was it. And I so I think I sold the car for like six six $6,000 or something. Wow. And I oh, just school. took the car out of there. See, uh, these, are, these are the little victories when we're younger oh, that we remember. Oh, he yeah, could be playing yeah. in theaters in front of hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands of people, but the time yes. the old fucker gave him the yes. Chevy, that sweetness, that milk and honey. Oh, my God. There was another, uh, there was wow. another I, I bought, I bought a, a Celica convertible red, and there was some sort the, the paint looked like the paint was, te- like, uh, was destroyed. But when I was there, I scratch and I'm like, wait a minute. If I buff it, this whole thing will come out. And and, and the guy kept going, yeah, man, the paint is going to destroy you. It needs a whole paint job. I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, okay, well, I'll buy it. And I don't want a 10% <laughs> off. I just, I'll buy it just like this, same price. Uh-huh. Buy the car, take it home, buff it, buff the whole thing out. The car looks so clean. So beautiful, you couldn't believe it. It was like a rind, a white oh, rind that preserved the, the paint. These were like the massive, like, you know, <laughs> this is what he's so celebrating. <laughs> You're not a watch guy, though. It's treasure no, hunting. No, I used to, not anymore. Why? Yeah. What was that all about? Ah, first of all, if you want to get in a watch game, you got to spend a lot of money. Yeah. Once you get in that game, to to be able to you know keep up. Now there's the, you know the the mediocre watches cost fifty grand. Mediocre. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. okay for now. Uh, but also there was a there was a time I really enjoyed. It. Now it bothers me. It hmm. really bothers me. Is I, that your microphone? I used hand? to take it off every time before I go on stage. I, I just feel I feel it on my wrist when I'm on stage. You don't want it on stage. No, no. It sends the wrong message to the audience, right? Yeah. I, I don't like seeing. You know, I don't even like seeing Seacrest with his Daytonas on on the morning show. It's just it's not the right. It takes away from your connection with the audience. Yeah. Tell me more. Well, that's it. It's that yeah. simple. Yeah. You know how you know how the audience doesn't want the audience doesn't want to think you're marking time up there. Right? It's, it's actually, no, no, no. It's, it's really, not. I like, it's I not like that. that philosophy. Like Jerry has one. He's but, got the Breitling he wears, but, but he keeps it qu- that quiet. But there are a bunch of comedians who have a modest watch, but that they can also glance at without letting yes. the audience know they just saw the time, how deep they are into their act. He's talking about a different class of watch. When you're up there. Yeah. I don't know. There's just something too rich guy about that. It's like the Rolls Royce. You know, you get yeah, in it. Yeah. It's just it's, because uh, the reason I said tell me more. It, comedy is not about mm-hmm. being flashy. 
Mm-hmm. Comedy exactly. is not about not the identifying. shirt you're wearing. Comedy is about the message you're sending out about what you're talking about. Yes. And if anything is going to take away from that, then it, it, it's it's distracting. Right. 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 If your act is about being flashy, if you if you know if your act is about being you know somebody who's you know that guy, then okay. Then then it's supporting your act. Mm-hmm. But anything that's not supporting your, I try to dress simple. Um, I try to dress comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not for me when I go on stage. It's not about the brand. I'm, I'm I'm flashing. It's not about. I like to I like to wear something that that really resonates me, mm-hmm. and 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 it it's not distracting. You're, you're, I learned that the hard way. How many nights a, a year are you doing every year on tour? I do sixty cities a tour a year, and then around in the between, world, right? Yes, and in between, obviously, like three, four, you know, gigs a night. That's busy you know, doing at the comedy club. So, are you just? I mean, do you hate flying at this point? I do. Yeah. Flying is the hardest part, man. What you've seen uh. a lot. I don't know if you follow Passenger Shaming on Instagram. It's a great site. It's just people sending in the people who aren't wearing socks on airplanes. Drying underwear in the van. Or the people like Zuckerman <laughs> was talking about taking dumps on beverage carts. Oh, my God. And it's, it's turning into a thing. Like, it, you know, everybody's relating to it. What You know, what are you – It's it seems like it's falling apart, right? I mean well, – It's just tough, man. It's tough on your body. It's just you walk just into that. these it's airports. The people. It's, it's the people. For me, it's less the people. It's like every you know every weekend I get up, I got to pack, get on, the, get in the car, go to walk in, walk forever to go to a gate. You know, <laughs> massive airport, and then you get to a gate, and they're like, "Oh, sorry, the gate has been changed. It's not gate eighteen anymore. Uh-huh. Which gate is it? Gate two hundred eighteen. What? Five days walk Level this way. C. No, 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 no. Right. You know, running like an idiot in the airport. These are these parts. This is the very very difficult part. Or you get there, you're delayed. By three hours. Right. This part hurts me so much more than somebody's sock. Man. What do you travel with? I Delta. Delta. Is no, no. I, I mean, as far as like stuff. Gear. Have you got it down to a small uh, backpack? Uh, or no. Well, I don't pack heavy, but I fly with my production crew, so they they are you know we got merch, we have camera oh, uh, equipment, and then uh, oh. so all of this accumulates, and so we have got three, four, five suitcases. Right. Uh, do you have to wait go. for baggage, or do they let you of go course. to your hotel room? You wait yeah, with everybody. You know, I, I wait with everybody. You I, me and my team are you know. How look, big is look, the team? It's four four of us. Four of you. And that's fun. If this the small. Smaller gigs, two of us fly. Uh, bigger gigs, three of us fly. So you always have somebody with you, which makes always. it a lot easier. Always, yeah, always. That's I mean, nice. It's impossible. At some point of my career, I realized <laughs> I was trying to save money. I was trying to do this. And at some point, you just you graduate one level, you go to the next level, and right. you have to accommodate. Right. So the, the production guys I have, they're terrific. They're really great. So I enjoy having them on the road. I love my team. I, I fly with them. We, you know, uh, we spend time together. Uh, that, I think that's that's so, so they're setting up the theater for yeah, you. Yeah, they're I show making up, sure the I show stool up ten is minutes there. before I go on. That's great. Yeah, you're just yeah. done. I don't like being at the theater. Do you have a too glass? Long. Do you have a glass of water you put on the stool? Yes. 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 <laughs> How big does your glass? What What are the weird things in your rider that we wouldn't see in anybody else's rider? Oh man! Come on! Is it a bowl of condoms? Gluten free. What is it? <laughs> gluten free. I'm gluten free. You're gluten free, and I'm okay. dairy free. Okay. So most of the times, uh, I we you know my company produces my tours. So most of the times we don't have a writer that goes up. But 
once in a while when I work with promoters, uh, you know, I, I try, I really, uh, and I told my manager, I, I really don't like to be that guy when they Difficult. see my writer, they go, yeah. I don't do that. So the only thing but is, there if there is any snacks in there, if it, if it could be gluten-free or dairy-free, and I put preference, like, chips like mm-hmm. these are easy stuff for them to grab right. Right. you know chips and and some coffee or some tea so i make it easy i, I don't want to be the guy i don't believe in that and i just i want to be I the know, guy to get what he needs yeah and and it's not putting too much pressure on it what on about anybody. a treat after do you like a peanut m&m no, you have anything you and like and to do Some after people you... are like, they don't want the color blue in their M&M. Right. Yeah? Fuck them. I, I, I try so I mean, hard not to be that do guy. You have a st- at your act, do you have a point where you take the sip of water? I know that's like a Jerry thing. Jerry has this point. He, where there are I a couple know. of jokes that yeah, be, he, he knows, knows the laugh he's is coming He's got enough laugh that it's to drink. No, not me. <laughs> uh, that's a Jerry I, thing. I drink when I'm thirsty. Are you a single guy? <laughs> I just got into a relationship. You just got into yeah, a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Terrific girl. Uh, it won't get better. Exciting. So it's on more the, of the same, but worse. That's like <laughs> On the road. But do you have women waiting for you on the road? <laughs> well, segue. Thank you. Now that you uh, have a girlfriend. <laughs> that was the most asshole question you could have possibly asked. How do I answer that? You could have said you go. Yes, give me there's the, a line the whole world. I, you know, I, flick, I, I flip them off and walk away. No, before the girlfriend. He's just a girlfriend. I mean. Uh, as, as an entertainer, you better not get into a relationship I'm not unless that, you're really look, happy. You're misunderstanding he had the question. Wait a second. I'm Both sure. of you are misunderstanding the question. <laughs> okay. We okay, want to know, <laughs> we want to live vicariously through you. And what I'm asking is on the road as a comedian, not that you would do this, but are there girls? Is, is there a moment where you go, my gosh, there are girls waiting for me? There are girls yeah. that want to sleep with me. I'm glad you re explained the question. We <laughs> so both did not misunderstand you. <laughs> and I'm not going to answer you. The girls are waiting for me. Yes, right. The girls are not waiting for me. They're not. Uh, absolutely. Come on. Not. Okay? They're That's not, not waiting. True. They're not waiting. You're smiling now. They're not waiting. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. They come to the He's hotel, don't determined they? Determined to, to make Get this a, a confessional. Spicy I'd like podcast. to know. Someday I may want to okay, go into Okay, I, I think when anybody's you become on a rock stage, star, uh, you know, no, but but I think know, anybody on stage is getting attention, blah, blah, blah. Right, but, right, But But right. I'm telling you, I also think it's your behavior. Like, if, if you want to attract it or you don't. And, and, right. And I'm not yeah. a kind of guy, if somebody even sends me a DM, like, is being nice, like, hey, you know, I want to hang out with you or something. You know, uh, the ones, I, I usually don't respond, I, I, yeah. or if I ever respond to something really nice. Where did you meet this girl? I met her actually uh, in LA. I met her. She's, she's a model. She's an, oh, she's an actress. She's, come on. She's oh. a face of Guest Marciano. She's a supermodel. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. Now that we're talking, I, I throw her, oh name, it, her name. Oh, now I know why you're being yes, so protective. Yes. Estrella Nuri. <laughs> oh, well, uh, Estrella Nuri. So wait a second. Is she, is she Hispanic? Is she Persian? She's what Persian. Thing? Persian background, born in uh, Sweden, raised oh. in America. Oh, you've got yeah. everything. Yes. The trifecta. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, and and she's she's a wonderful person. Uh, to really we're going to send him on the road, and we're going to say, "Get Robert Plants, bell bottom pants." Young woman, right here. Yes. I, I I think she looks very nice to me. She's very. So, so now, do you Zuckerman, still want? So do you still want to ask that first, question again? He edited the first two things that popped into his head, and I know they were dirty and horrible. And no, anyway, yeah, okay. She's very uh, sweet. Look to at me, Maximini commands a girl. Maximini wow, commands dude. a lot Did of respect. Did you ever think? Well, I, I didn't, first of all. Uh, she's so classy. She's a really wonderful person. Well, here she is uh, with Oprah Winfrey. Look at that. She was on, uh-huh. on Oprah's TV show. Are you, you, you feel like you're playing episodes. above your game with this gal? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. She's way above my game. Yes, yes, yes. Congratulations. Have you ever met Oprah Winfrey? No, no, no. Uh, I, uh, 
<laughs> you are playing above your game, Max. Thank you. Well, this is great. What a life you have, friend. Look yeah. at that. Isn't this amazing, Zuckerman? This guy? I, impressive. From from the immigrant story, the, the college success story. From Tucson, From no Tucson less. to D.C. to UCLA <laughs> Film School to Jerry Seinfeld saying, this guy's fucking great. From and buying and selling cars. I know. To scratch, and the $6,000 fine. Look at that grab. Six yeah. grand, six And he's still proud of thousands. that. Forget about the Estrella Nori. It's the, it's the Chevy. That's the high point of his I think, life. I think that's uh. what the listeners are going to take from this episode is that there's uh, – Okay, when do we see you? Where am I going to find your, your show? In town, I'm at the Laugh Factory. Well, this Friday, we, we I'll be at the Laugh Factory. catch up with you on your website, right? Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. Maximini.com. Absolutely. Maximini.com. Shows are lined up. Uh, I hope you guys can come out and we'll have a good time. Yeah. You're yeah. playing the uh, Ice House soon? Yes, 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 yes. Maybe that's yeah. Ferrison. Let's, let's go see this gentleman. Anytime. I like him. Yeah, that will be my pleasure. All right, Absolutely. that was Maximini, Absolutely. ladies and gentlemen. Zuckerman, you have anything to say before we go? <laughs> <laughs> anything you'd like to add about the Korean people? Does she have people? a sister? <laughs> is, there, <laughs> is there like a Marisol Nori? She doesn't is there... have a sister. <laughs> yes, and oh, uh, I'm happy to introduce you to her mom. Um, <laughs> Fantastic, <laughs> but it, it, you know whatever happens is on you. Uh, no, but but I, I, you you guys were terrific, man. Thank you hey, for the wonderful, you. easy, great chat. I had thank a great you. time. Thank you for coming on. Uh, that's all we have for you, folks. We'll see you next week on Spikes Car Radio. Thanks for listening to Spikes Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app, or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One dot com.